Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to episode 22 of Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport roundup. And we're going to kick off with probably one of the most well-known, if not the most well-known race in the whole wide world. It is, of course, Le Mans. It was Le Mans weekend, and I thought it was very exciting. Tiff Nadell, what did you think? Well, well, don't get too carried away, Paul. You know, when you've done 14 Le Mans 24-hour races, like some people stood on the podium in 1990, you know, it was a very good race. Uh, and a fantastic result, I think, as everybody wanted this poor number seven crew, you know, led by Mike Conway, of course, the British driver, who had such... But that, that year when they broke down, you know, with a one lap to go, I mean, they so deserve... And of course, they won the world championship, I think, more than the number eight car. So the whole world just wanted the number seven Toyota to win. So that was the great story about it. But... Uh, there was a chaotic phase at about 8, 9 p.m. when it drizzled and there were cars going off everywhere and it, there it was, was that element of it. That was a horrible, you know, you wouldn't want to be out there in those conditions. But from that moment on, it was actually a fairly pedestrianish Le Mans, apart from the LMP2 battle, which went right to the last lap uh, and was won by 0.7 of a second. And can I you believe, shots, I, it's just incredible well, the, that it can be the, won over 24 <laughs> hours in less than one second. The, <laughs> the flag man, and he got run over because uh-huh. the two came round. As the Toyotas <laughs> were doing the traditional cruise and the flag man, he loves getting out of the track there, the famous French guy to get his checkered flag and be in the middle of the road. Because normally, you know, everybody's just doing a parade. But these two LMP2s were still at it, hammer and tongs. Um, yeah, there's some great stories. I'm really glad that the, the top five, so the five hypercars all finished in the top five. Because even I was talking last week, this could be when an MP2 exactly. car wins outright, you know. And I'm glad it did. And Glickenhaus did a fantastic job. Uh, Alpine, the, the only real challenger, they had this one-off where they beached themselves on the, on the gravel at the first chicane and lost a couple of laps and never really uh, got... They got back to third. Um but it was the Glickenhouses, and they'd never hardly driven the cars in the rain. And of course, the race started the rain. They dropped back pretty quickly, and I think one had a, an offer of some problems. But it was brilliant that they got to finish uh, fourth and fifth. And of course, the British driver, um, you know, Richard Westman, was it was in Westbrook was in that uh, fifth place Glickenhouse. So it was really, I was really pleased for Glickenhouse to, to get that finish and finish there. Then came this LMP2, this mass. You know, and I'm not a big LMP2 fan because they are all the same car, so it's a one-make formula. In fact, I'm so looking forward to it because this, this is just the beginning of this new era of hypercars. And you know, next year, we've got Peugeot, then we've got Ferrari, Audi, Porsche, maybe BMW, maybe Acura, Honda, all coming into that top class. So we're going to have, you know, eight different-looking cars, and that'll be about the top 20 or 30 in the field when we're the top class. Uh, which will push this great batch of identity kit LMP2s away a bit, which I quite like. Uh, I mean, talking to look, though, the one thing about the Toyota, do you like that look, that big open mouth? It's not I pretty, didn't is it? I dislike it. I didn't dislike oh. it. I, I, did, I, think the LMP, I think the LMP2s look quite nice as well. They're I, cute. I felt, yeah, they're cute. Little yeah. bubble top roof, you know. Yeah, but I, the, the, the Glickenhouses look much better than the Toyotas. They won the style points for yeah. me, whereas the Toyota's a bit of an ugly... LMP2, we didn't get a British winner. The second place car that lost out by 0.7 um, did have a Brit in it. Catch up with notes. Yeah, Tom Blomquist was the Brit in that car. Of um, course, the big story as well, Sophia Flourish had another poor girl. 
she only gets pressed when she has crashes. <laughs> and there she was in that horrible, greasy situation when she was hit. I think the yellow zone had already begun, but she was first cruising along and some other LMP2 clattered the barriers and took her off. And then she's just sort of trying to reverse out the troubles in the middle of this yellow zone. It was now, I think, a full pace car because they'd had the crash. And one of the most amazing pictures, the whole Le Mans 2021 to me, was her on her mobile phone. You know, this is the modern world. And my first seven Le Mans, we didn't have a radio. You know, you waited four minutes to get a pit signal down at the Mulsanne. And towards Incredible. the end of the 1980s, we started getting a radio. And it only worked so when you went past the pits. Uh, and now, of course, we've had radios for 20, 30 years. But to see Flush on her telephone, I know, what should I do now? I'm, and then all of a sudden, she's on the phone, but she got clobbered by this person that couldn't see her broadcast, uh, broad, broadside across the road. Um, so that was quite a struggle. It's LMP2. So Tom Blanc is second. The third place uh, LMP2 was Will Stevens. Fourth place LMP2 was our all British team, Paul DeResta, Alex Lynn, and Wayne Boyd. Uh, and Alex Bundle, fifth place. So we didn't get an LMP2 winner, but we had second, third, fourth, and fifth. Um, we won the British driver, James Collado, as part of the winning GTE Pro team for the Ferraris. The Ferraris, of course. Um, GTM, we had Callum Illett up in third place, also the Ferraris. So, so plenty of good British results. Was, we have to I, praise also, not just Conway, but Kumi Kobayashi and uh, Lopez, Jose Maria Lopez in the in winning team, because they've worked so hard to get a win on the board. It's brilliant that they've got it. I was chuffed for them. I was gutted for our mate Ryan Cullen. They had a breakdown. Yeah. It must be awful. You all that way. I mean, you know, when you break down on the final corner of Ollie the final Webb, Ollie, Oh, mate, Ollie, Ollie. was out early on, wasn't he? Yeah, same, same um, sort of thing. But it must be so disheartening. The later it goes, the, 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 the worse it must get. I have got some stats for you. So I like to give the... Um, oh, good pit stop. Got pit stop. Pit well, stop time stats. Not, I'm not going to give you. Stop. I'm not going to give you times. So I'm going to give you the amount of pit stops. There were 33 pit for the winning car. There were 33 pit stops. That's incredible. That is a lot. Yeah. No. Um, 5,000 kilometers covered, which is about 3,100 miles um, yeah. over 1,440 minutes, which of course is 24 hours. So 370 laps of uh, of the track. I thought that was quite fascinating. 33 pit stops was. Uh, Quite fascinating, really. And Lots and Ollie, Web, Ollie Webb's actually catching you up because this must be his ninth uh, Le Mans now. So um, only a few <laughs> behind you, so maybe in a few yes, years. The podium, the podium, Ollie, the podium. It's pretty hard to get on the podium at Le Mans. <laughs> well, of course, it was a shame that um, the father and son team, Magnussen's, had problems early on. That was a lovely, great story. Uh, the, the all-women crew going out with the first crash. Well, the all-women crew in the GTM, they finished eighth overall. So the all-women crew in there, they got through. There's so many stories, you know. The two United Autosport cars, one lost his brakes when it was raining, cut <laughs> straight across the street and nailed that. his teammate. Oh, I no. That. So well, I mean, what, what must work. you be thinking? It's, it's bad enough to lose one car, let alone two cars, <sighs> especially a few well, hours in. And we didn't lose before it. the race, yeah. the British crewed Corvette with Alexander Sims and um, who else was with Sims and Tandy. They were hit by Collado on the parade lap when they left the standing <laughs> grid. Collado, apparently, the Ferrari, when, when you're not moving in those cars, you don't have a, a fan for demisting so much. And he said he was all misted up. He couldn't see a thing. He said he literally no, he was going blind. straight to the back of, of the, that ruined Sims and Tandy, the British crewed Corvette for the whole race. Corvettes did really well. They finished second in the GT um, Pro, kept the Ferraris honest all the way through. So, well, of course, GT Pro only going for another uh, year, one more year, and then it's going to be GT3. So... 
you know, I think it's going to be a fantastic future for Le Mans. Really is great. So this time next year, Rodders, we're going to be there. Is that right? So are you a bit disappointed we got an invitation to Le Mans and we didn't, uh, and I turned it down. But um, so this time next year, and you would have missed Southampton playing against, against the mighty Manchester United as well. So you would have missed I, that. I, I, had a, I didn't see much Le Mans this year because I was working at Fractional Hill on the Saturday. <laughs> and then, yes, I had to go and watch the football on the Sunday and the mighty Southampton holding the... Massive. I think I saw that someone's added up the total of the, of the team players, and I think we're 75 million, and there's 750 million or something for their wow. 11 people on the team. So it was a fantastic atmosphere, a full St. Mary's. And football does have these wonderful atmospheres, and so does Le Mans when, when there's a big crowd there. It was only, what, a third of the crowd there this year. And of course, it was a bit wetter and darker and cold. It wasn't quite that beautiful summer's evening. So yeah. Yeah, we'll go camping. Love cars. We'll have a little bit. We'll just get a group of Love Cars fans and we'll go and have a beer up in the campsite at the if, morning. If you're year. interested, comment below. We'll organise that for next year. So moving on, we're going to go to um, quite a popular winner, I think, in DTM. Um, perhaps still should be in Formula One, but I'll let you tell a bit more yes, about yeah, the, yeah, the, the DTM at the Nürburgring. Yeah, the GT3 cars, of course. And Alex Albon, funny. He's had a bit of a miserable time because he's Ferrari teammate... Um, what's that young Aussie kid called? I forgot his name now. Um, has been beating him. But he had pole position the wet second session and led from start to finish pretty much. So uh, Albert had a great win in the second DTM race. He retired from the first race, but he'd only qualified about eight. Not such a good. But it was really good from never win. Uh, Lawson, isn't it, the kid from New Zealand, Australia? I'll be in trouble now in a minute. Um, <laughs> he's, he's Antipodean. <laughs> and he's one of those. And of course, it was Lawson that took out half the midfield in the, in the second race and the, the field was decimated. Only 14 cars finished the second race after Lawson's torpedo. We tried to make it four wide at the chicane, which didn't really work very well. Sounds but like Philip a Ellis, race. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Philip Ellis, the one of only two Brits. The Albon's, Albon's a bit part tie. He's got the tie flag up now, so he won that for Thailand. So Philip Ellis had a third place in his Mercedes, retired in the second race. Uh, Esme Hawkey, not so good this week, 17th in the first race and uh, 13th in the second, which was only one for the last. But she's still doing a great job out there flying the British flag for British women. But yeah, plenty of action. And they're moving in there. I mean, these DTM, they use the short circuit of the short circuit of the Nürburgring. Quite why, I'm not sure. I mean, it should be why don't they at least use the Grand Prix circuit there? Though? I know, we... I don't know. They used a little shortcut track. Oh, well. Oh, good fun. Um, two wheels. Uh, World Superbikes is getting very, very tight at the top. Yes. Uh, can you remember the name of the Turkish rider that is now equal on, but he had two wins. He's now equal on points to our Britain's Jonathan Ray, who wins. And it was, of course... Klaus. Toe Prague, Raz Gakliogo. He did very well there. Very good. And, uh, yeah, he had two wins. And uh, Scott Redding pinched the other win on his Ducati. So that puts Jonathan Reyes' note. He had a fall in the first race, and a second and third, I think. So, yeah, very exciting in World Superbikes. This final British domination has been challenged by this Turkish guy. He's exciting, so, yeah, exciting. though, isn't he? He's a really yeah. exciting kid. It's nice to see. I mean, I, mean, yeah. I want the Brits to win, but you also encourage... Young, exciting new talent, of course, wherever they're from. Yeah. So, yeah, British Superbikes. So, no, no World Bikes the weekend. British Superbikes have at Cabell Park. We've got two wins for Peter. What's Hickson that circuit like, BMW. What's Cabell oh, Park like? Wonderful. I mean, the bikes around there are just awesome. But it, it's very narrow. For modern cars, it's very hard to overtake with the modern method of blocking that we have with the uh, British method of driving. I, I talk about blocking. I saw, there was one other international formula going on at the Hungora ring with the ETC Spark. 
Spark Pro. Don't know what it's called. The, the, the Ollie does, you know, the six cars or four yeah. cars. And they just hammer into each other. I mean, they, you know, they go for a gap half a car width and just smash the car up the inside. Because they only the sprints. They're only two laps to sprint races, and the main the finals are only five laps. Um, and the yeah, driving standards are atrocious. They're just banging <laughs> into each other. <laughs> What's going on? It's just like bagger racing, you know, pure ETC. Uh, that's the word, pure. pure well, that's pure racing. I don't know what. I don't know it's, what. Like, it's like um, stock car racing. So you were saying that British Superbikes, Cabral Park, uh, Peter Hickman, did he um, yeah, do well? He won two, and uh, the dominant Australian, O'Halloran, still won one of the three, so he's pretty much uh, dominating the points at the top, way out in front. But it's good to see another winner at, at Cabell Park. Good. Um, so really, we have to go over the pond for some more really good racing. And uh, the NASCAR and IndyCar boys, both on ovals this time, more of an acquired taste for the European viewer to sort of get into because, you know, it's very tactical. Uh, often a long series of follow my leader, but then it all explodes and there's tactics and tyres and fuel. Um Bad weekend, though, for the Chip Ganassi boys because Renus VK took both out. Uh, he lost control and hit Scott Dixon and Alex Palou, who, of course, was leading the championship, took them out of the championship. Um, it was quite a hairy race, um, but it was um, it was a good weekend for Penske. Penske came through because, of course, they won last weekend's race with Will Power and uh, the street circuit. They won this week. Joseph Newgarten uh, won to pull himself up to third in the championship. But uh, it's this little Mexican kid, Pato O'Ward, you know, the dark <laughs> the horse for the Arrow McLa yeah, yeah. McLaren guy. Uh, he came second in, in this weekend. He's now leading the points because Palu lost out. So there's three rounds to go. I think they've got a gap of two or three weeks now they're off. But uh, that IndyCar championship really looking to come to an exciting finish. Well, who's Jack Harvey finished 10th, our only Brit. Um, and he's, I'm a bit worried whether Jack's lost his drive. He's sort of left the team. He's announced he's going to leave the team. He's with. I think he thought he had a deal with another team. But so many good drivers are looking now to get a seat in IndyCar because it's becoming more and more popular. Uh, and, of course, Romain Grosjean, who's got out there. He, he had a quiet race. His very first oval. He said he wasn't going to do ovals. Didn't like, obviously, with the, the accident he had when he finished his, his Grand Prix career. Uh, ovals are more dangerous. Pass, but he, yeah. he was up front for a while. He was in the pack, but he finished at 14th in the end. But there are a lot of drivers out there, you know, trying IndyCar, wanting to go that way. And, you know, there's only so many seats, even though it's a, you know, one-make formula. But... And who's going to win? Is three races left? Is that all there is? Uh, well, no. I'm, I'm going for Pato. I'm going for... Okay. I know he's leading the championship. I'm cheating slightly. But he's not <laughs> with one of the big outfits. The big outfits are Penske and Ganassi. You know, you've got Ganassi, Palu, and Penske, Newgarden. So those are sort of, you know, the big teams. So I'm, I'm rooting for the little guys in orange. And it's, yeah. it's part, part British, the team. So... Um, and NASCAR was another great. I mean, they, they, it was the, what was the name of the race now? The Firekeepers Casino <laughs> 400 <laughs> around the two miles super speedway of Michigan. Uh, it's you know, 200 miles an hour in quality, 190 miles an hour most of the time of the race. And again, you know, those races they're a long time. You know, you when the pit stops come, you go and put another burger on the barbecue and get another beer out the tinny of the tinny that's australia isn't it um <laughs> beer out the fridge but all the time around which there's a pack of four or five up the front racing but they had a little splinter of rain right with only about 30 laps to go then yellows came out and then the last 30 or 40 laps were mega you know it's they don't it's not like sort of four or four but you overtake on every corner you know, 190 miles out you have to work a move and you work the guy and you get up the inside, they do this side drafting. And side drafting is like grabbing someone's shoulder. You actually pull them back. 
side drafting doesn't make you go quick and, you and you pull and then as soon as you've pulled their speed off you break away dive down the inside and then you go around the inside and you have to get a car length ahead because you've got to try and come up and that's when the caller, the guy's on, yeah, he's going, you know, inside, inside, inside. You just wait for them to say, clear, clear. Then you dive up <laughs> in and fill the hole. Anyway, it was a brilliant last few laps. I mean, it was all 200 mile an hour chest, but you had the two Hendrick Chevrolets of um, William Byron, and of course, number five was up there, um, Kyle Larson, trying to beat this Ford out front, the 12 of Blaney. And it was just fabulous racing and two or three other cars you know in the mix right behind fifth and sixth so i enjoy it you know i think more people will if, if they stick to it and, and pick a fry of a friend um and just before we go to the, the bigger event this weekend just to stay on the nascar because this weekend is the last round of the playoffs there's a system they have with with four rounds to go the top 16 go through the playoffs it's a brilliant system because obviously they follow american football and it's american style but only the top 16 in points go through unless you've won a round. So if you've won a round, you, you're, you're in anyway, despite points. Yep. So 13 cars have won a round, 13 different drivers, they're in. The two former champions who haven't won a round, which is um, where's my notes? Forgotten. <laughs> who hasn't run around? Don't ask him. Oh, Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick, of course, and Denny Hamlin, two former champions, have yet to win all year. But they've got a lot of points, so they're in. Yep. So there's only one guy in on points at the moment, which is Tyler Reddick. And he's holding that last place. As long as nobody else wins another round. You're there. And of course, the last <laughs> round is the Daytona 400, the Coke Zero 400. And Daytona is this, you know, restrictor plate race where they reduce the power. They just go around in this pack and just three wide, four wide, uh, waiting for a big shunt. And so almost anyone can win those super speedway, super speedway races at Talladega and Daytona. There's a big shunt. Um, and someone who did have a big shunt, of course, Austin Dillon, who was looking, he's the one fighting with Reddick for points and they're teammates. So last weekend up in Michigan, they were actually fighting. Well, Dillon was doing better than Reddick to overtake him in the points. But then he had this touch with them. Um, he came across the line finishing fifth in one of the uh, sections of the races, but he just, he was on the apron but somehow he didn't quite clear the number two and caught him and just hammered the wall at 180 miles an hour, um, put him out completely. So he was going really well in the race. He could win outright. He's one of the favourites to win at Daytona. He's won at Daytona before. So, so all that excitement, not to win a championship, <laughs> just to get into the last 16. And that's how Brilliant. NASCAR builds it up. You know, yeah. it's great. It's I love, great. The, I I love the razzmatazz of the US of A. I love it. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, but so of course, this, back to serious racing, the great return no, of Razzmatazz of, of Formula One next week at Spa. Is it Razzmatazz for? We don't use the word Razzmatazz for Formula One, do we? No. There's no okay. sprint. We haven't got sprint. Where's the next sprint quality? I don't know. I it's don't this know. Weekend. But we no. got, we got, so of course, Formula One's back and it's supported by F3 and also W Series. So that's going to be yeah. quite exciting. And it's at Spa. So and anything can happen. And, and it's autumn and, and, and yeah. the weather forecast is, is iffy and. It's a big turning point in the championship, I think, you know, because I think Mercedes always, it's sort of one of those tracks where both have done well, both Red Bull and Mercedes. So I can't see either the rake or the low rake working better or worse. And I think it's going to be a really good race. And of course, you know, the Max Verstappen army from Holland. Well, he's actually, he was born in Belgium, I think. Well, there's a bit of, he's a, he's a mixed oh, race. I didn't know that. I think his mother might be Belgian. Confused. Okay. Anyway, Max, I think Max has actually got a Belgian passport. So that's his home Grand Prix. So ben, and of course, ben he's Lux. got another... 
Well, he gets two on the trot, doesn't he? Because he gets the Dutch Grand Prix. Um, is it next weekend or in two weeks' time? I bet you Lewis wouldn't pay any attention to all the Orange Army when he's going round. He's just focusing on on yeah, the job in week. hand. Yeah, he's got two weekends on the trot. With Brilliant. I think the the, the, the tight Zandvoort circuit will suit um, Verstappen better. Who's going to win the Formula One Championship? Is it going to oh, be Verstappen or is it going to be Max Verstappen? It is, I think it's a toss of a coin. Know. I think I think it's got to be Max, isn't it? I don't, I, I, no, I think I think Lewis is going to pull it off. I think <laughs> the, I think the pressure will get to Max more than Lewis. I think Lewis will remain because he's won it so many times. But I think you know. Having won a championship does give you that huge, relaxing, you know, I, I know how to do this. I know how to do this. Yeah. I've won it eight times. Six times before. Eight, seven, eight, where are we up to? Yeah. Um, whereas for Max, you know, it's the first one and he's more likely to make a mistake or over, you know, push himself I, too hard. I'm going to get the guys to pin the question on the top for our, uh, yeah, the, the, our viewership's going up. Thank you all for watching. So I'm going to pin it there. Who's going to win next week? Is it going to be Max or Lewis? And we'll uh, see what the, the number's going to be. Um, also, yeah, next well, week... The, the, first, the first 10 to, to, to comment on this one, because I don't get many comments from listening, but go comment on our YouTube channel. You can comment. We'll put on the top of the list for our Le Mans party next year. Should we <laughs> yeah. go? You'll be the first 10 to get invited. Although we okay. might not go. Uh, Unless you're buying the pills, you're not coming anywhere. Who, whose budget is this coming out of? Because our budget is about £3.50. Oh, no, they're, okay. they're not paying for them. <laughs> just to come and just we'll allow them... To, I mean, obviously, you'll bring your big motorhome. Yeah, I, you'll you'll be sleeping out. I'll I'll be in the motorhome, <laughs> and you'll be in the tent outside. You're driving the motorhome with oh. me in it. Um, we'll plan I wish that I, later. I wish I had a big motorhome, but we will plan a Le Mans trip. That'd be really good. Um, BTCC is going to be at your home yeah. circuit, Thruxton. Uh, but you're not going to be I mean, there. You're going to be so, up in Silverstone. No, I'm I'm I'm, oh. I'm sorry, BTCC fans. I mean, I mean Thruxton's the best place. Fabulous race. We all know that. Go to Strux, second race this year at Struxton, and it just should be a packed house and, and some fabulous racing from start to finish. But I'm afraid I am creeping up the road to Silverstone with the two-wheel fans. I should be finding my most yellow shirt of all because it's Rossi's last race in Britain, you know, around the Grand Prix, British Grand Prix, MotoGP. And I've never been to a MotoGP event live. So, you Brilliant. know, because I love the Moto3. We love, you know, watching those pack of kids and the, we've got Sam Lowe's in, in Moto2. And, of course, the great thing about the MotoGP is having had no riders in it at all all year, we've now got two because yep. um, Jake Dixon has taken up... Um, what's the He's got Vinales' place because he's been sacked now from the team for all that. surprise. <laughs> um, and, of course, Cal Crutchlow's substituting for... Who's right has he taken? Who's not? It was Cal in the Vinales seat and Dixon's. No, Dixon's in the Vinales. What's Cal's place? Who's injured? I just, I just nod and agree. Anyway, I'm like those penguins got, from Madagascar. Cal Crutchlow and Jake Dixon racing in the British Grand Prix. That'd be fabulous. Two Brits in the race. We've had none all year. And uh, although Crutchlow, I think, did Austria. On the weather. Substitute. The weather actually is quite good for, for next week. The weather looks good yeah. for, for the UK. We're going to have, we're finally, finally our, our summer. We're going to have that 20 degree weather for the next week or so. So very good. But speaking of summer, and um, aren't there some electric things going around in Greenland or somewhere? That's oh, we forgot. We forgot. Finally, for next week. How come this wasn't a headline? There are some electric beach buggies uh, sliding around a Greenland glacier. There we it's go. It's called the Arctic Grand Prix Extreme E. Don't miss it. Because it took that long, didn't it, for the ship to get... <laughs> From wherever it was, oh, I don't know. I'm gonna, we're going to quit now. And <laughs> as always, thanks for joining. Leave some comments below. Let us know who's watching. Thank you. <laughs>
Le Mans 2022. <laughs> Be there. <laughs>